show evidence of having been partially devoured by their murderers. Welcome to a new episode of Murder with Friends, the podcast where I tell my friends my favorite true crime stories. My name is Kaylee, and this week we are following up with a part two of John Wayne Gacy. If you haven't by now, you need to go and listen back to part one before part two, because that's how numbers work. And remember, if you like the podcast... Go ahead, hit the subscribe button, rate and review so other people can find it. And I do still have Willie P on, so let's get it. Warning, this podcast is for mature audiences only. Yes, I'm talking to you, little girl covered up with her unicorns and her Care Bears. This will give you nightmares. There will be talks of murder, rape, and a lot of foul language on my part. So go to bed. Hello, Willie B. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing today? It's another wonderful day in the neighborhood. That's what Mr. Rogers used to say. I never could figure out why he'd take off one jacket when he come in just to put on another. Hmm. Maybe that was his outside jacket. Hmm. And he was changing into his inside jacket. Oculus come in today? No, it's been delayed. Oh. It's running late. Where did you order it from? Amazon. So it probably gotten stolen. Think so? I don't know. The same thing happened when I ordered the uh, the voltmeter the first time, and then they sent another one, and then the other one got there. So, or no, it was the drill. Right. Right. The drill. All right. So, last week... We were talking about the Jack in the Box killer, right? No. Uh, probably. Probably. A bunch of people get murdered at a Jack in the Box? Or the guy pops out of the car going to Jack in the Box. Ooh. (laughs) Who are we talking about again? We were talking about... John Wayne Gacy? Oh, the Pogo the Clown Killer. Yeah, Pogo the Clown. That guy. Yeah, that guy. Not very smart, that guy. Sounds like you got away with it for a long time. He might be pretty intelligent. Yeah, I do think um, he had a high intelligence. Or he was just fucking lucky. Yeah, that too. Because most, all of these boys were missing persons. They were not murder victims. Until they started finding bodies. Yes. In the crawl space. It's crazy. How do you live with that many people? Like, you would think after the first couple, it would be like the Telltale Heart, Edgar Allan Poe, where you just start hearing shit, hearing heartbeats and shit. The police officers were surveying his home. There are dead bodies in the fucking crawl space the whole time. I mean, if... If I was going to go down the route of killing a bunch of people, I wouldn't hide them under my house. See, that's where it gets kind of sketchy for me because it's like, okay, you could bury it some... 
or you could bury that person somewhere and risk someone finding it or you could put it under your house and at least you know that nobody has found it. I understand what you're saying, but if it got found in under your house, then... You're caught. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. If it gets found in the woods somewhere, it could have been anybody. Yeah. Especially, like, back then. I don't know if they had, like, DNA it wasn't as prevalent as in it. the 70s, but I know it wasn't really that good. I mean, I think in, like, the 60s, fingerprints started being... Mm. So DNA wasn't really a thing. I could see that, yeah. Alright, so, 15th victim happened in January of 1977. His name was John Sizzik. He was 19 years old. He was actually friends with the last victim, Gregory Godzik. He was last seen in his 1971 Plymouth Satellite. He was going to sell his car to Gacy. They were talking price. He pulled out his handcuffs. He did the handcuff trick and killed him. The police found his car at a gas station with somebody inside of it. And the guy's name was Michael Rossi. He was caught driving, trying to, trying to get out of the gas station without paying for his gas. Said he worked for a guy named John, and John can explain everything. Casey said that he bought the car because Sizzik said he wanted to run away, and he gave the car to Rossi. He's working off the payments. So, alright, cool. Police leave. So, it turns out, Rossi lives with Gacy with David Cram. They would do random things around the house. They were told to spread quicklime in the crawl space as much as possible for the smell. But they didn't look in the crawl space. They just spread it. I don't know how that happens, but... The next victim was John Prestige. He was 20 years old. He was from Michigan. He was last seen on March 15th. 1977, he was visiting friends in Chicago, and he was found in the crawl space. Robert Gilroy, he was 18 years old. He was last seen September 15th, 1977. He was the son of a sergeant on the Chicago police force. He lived four blocks away from John Wayne Gacy. September 25th, 1977, John Mallory. He was 19 years old. He was a U.S. Marine. He was doing some work for Gacy. He ended up in the cross base. Russell Nelson. He was 22 years old. He was last seen on October 17th. He was an architect student of University of Minnesota. He was last seen... At, the, at a dance club with some of his friends. And he was found in the crawl space. I go back and forth between crawl space and crawl space. November 10th, 1977, Robert Winch. He was 16 years old. He was found in the crawl space. November 18th, 1977, Tommy Bowling. He was 20. 
he had a child of his own and he was found in the crawl space with the ligature still around his neck. December 9th, 1977, David Talsma, he was 19 years old, he was found in the crawl space. Um, at, it was at this time, right after that, that John Wayne Gacy got engaged. The engagement was short. I do not have her name. She does the bullet. Yeah, she did. In January of 1978, Robert Donnelly, he was 19 years old. He was walking after midnight. Gacy pulled up beside him with a gun, told him he was a police officer, and he was being detained. He handcuffed him and threw him in his car, took him home and raped him. He would choke him several times to the point of passing out and then would wake him up. Drowned him in the tub a few times. He actually begged Gacy to kill him. And his response was, I'm getting around to it. He drove the boy to work the next morning after. So he let him go? He let him go. And he went straight to the police station. Um, that's where, you know, he stated that he did all of this. And he played Russian roulette with him. And instead of putting a bullet in there, he put a blank. So it just went boom, and he thought he got shot, but he didn't. The assistant state's attorney dropped the charges, stating that Gacy would be more believable in court. Next was Jeffrey Rignall. He was 26 years old. He was walking to a bar in Rosemont, Illinois. Gacy pulled up next to him, offered him a ride and a joint. So... Rosemont, Illinois to Chicago, that was, you know. At least a few hours. Yeah. So he would just chloroform him over and over and over, which um, caused him severe liver damage. He woke up in the garage in the rack. The rack is a wooden board with holes for for the head and the hands, and it was suspended by chains. He said he woke up and Gacy was standing there butt naked. He gestured to the dildos of different sizes, explained how, what, when, where, and why in graphic detail what he was going to do to him. He was raped, beaten, drugged, and tortured. He said he placed various items in various places, pill bottles, candle wax, pliers, And he said that he thought another person was there, too. When he woke up, he was fully clothed, sitting under a statue in Lincoln Park in Chicago, severely injured. He was taken to Northwest Memorial Hospital for six days. He told the police, and the police were very skeptical of his story. Just the... I I think at this point in time, they were so... The police were so, like, anti-gay, where, oh, if it was, like, gay stuff, maybe we don't understand that, so we're not gonna do anything about it. That maybe it was consensual, and then it wasn't, and kind of like rape victims. Like, maybe it was consensual at first, and then it went too far, and then... 
Yeah, something like that. Like, maybe she said yes, but meant no. Because that's how people think it is. After this night, um, he spotted Gacy riding down the street. He wrote down his license plate. He followed Gacy to his house and gave it to the police. They were like, look, this is the license plate. This is where this guy is. I followed him. That's exactly the house that I remember. And the police did nothing. He did testify against Gacy in his trials. And he just kept throwing up on the stand. He was stated saying that he was hoping that John Wayne Gacy was crazy. Like, wouldn't you hope someone like that wasn't in the right state of mind? Well, I'll tell you what. After something like that, and the police didn't do anything about it, I don't believe I would have let him walk. There wouldn't have been no trial. No. There would have been your, your trial. No, it's been one silent night. Hide him under his crawlspace. February 16th, 1978, William Kindred. He was 19 years old. He was found in the crawl space. June 1998, Timothy O'Rourke. He was 20 years old. He was actually the first to be dumped in the Des Plaines River. Four. He was running out of space, is what that was. November 4th, 1978. Frank Lattergren, he was found in the Des Plaines River, underwear stuffed down his throat. November 24th, 1978, James Mazzara, he was 20 years old. He actually went missing on Thanksgiving Day. He was found in the Des Plaines River. Um, he claims that five bodies were actually found in the Des Plaines River. Well, he claims that he dumped five in the Des Plaines River. But, one, he didn't hear a splash when he threw them over. Went on a trash board? Um, I don't know. December 11th, 1978. All these are really fast. Robert Peast. He was 15 years old. This is going to be his last victim. And you'll see why. Um, he worked in a pharmacy. Gacy went up to him and he was telling him, Hey, you know, you look, you look like a very strong man. I bet you're a really good worker. I could really use you. You would make a lot of money. He said that he would just have to take him home and have him sign a few tax papers and then he could get started. Well, it was his mom's birthday. So he was like, look, man, you know, can we, is there any way we could do this tomorrow? Like today's my mom's birthday. I really got to get home. And he was like, no, you know, it'll be really quick. Just come sign some tax papers. So he called his mom and he's like, hey, some contractor wants to talk to me about a job. I'll be home soon. So they got there. He offered him a drink. Um, he showed him the handcuff trick. Once he got the handcuffs on, he told him, he said, I'm going to rape you and there's nothing you can do about it. And then strangled him with a garrote. You know what a garrote is? Yeah. What is it? It's a length of usually rope. 
Something of the equivalent of a stick. You know how I know what that is? Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. <laughs> and uh, John Bonet Ramsey was strangled with a girl. After he killed him, he said that he took a business call. His parents reported him missing the very next morning. Fun fact, he, John Wayne Gacy, was in a photo with someone very famous in 1978. Do you know who that was? Uh, President's wife. I can't remember which one. Rosalind Carter. That's right. I was going to say the Kennedy's wife. He, uh, he, the Secret Service actually cleared him. And they admitted later that uh, they didn't look into it. They didn't know that he was, uh, you know, convicted of a sexual crime and well, stuff she like was that. His type. Well, uh, yeah, but they didn't know that. <laughs> like, he said that he would take all the boys' clothing and he would take them to a donation box. And of course, you know, he kept trophies, bracelets, IDs, rings anything really you know like the fishing license and december 12th gacy was being looked at as a person of interest he was the last person seen with robert you know people saw him talking to him at the pharmacy he was seen by a lot of people offering him a job and he was known as a creep the police called gacy and asked him about robert he said that he didn't know anything Police found out that PDM did the recent renovations on the property, on the pharmacy. pharmacy. At 9 p.m., they knocked on Gacy's door. He was super annoyed. He said, I have to wait at home for a super important phone call. My uncle just passed away. And they're like, well, you know, can't you take the call later or something? You know, we really need to talk to you down at the station. This is really important. And he got pissed and he, he told them that they had no respect for the dead. And while they were saying that, Robert's body was in the attic. They were like, alright, alright, come in after the call. So, at 11pm, Gacy called and was like, hey, do you still want me to come in? And they are like, uh, yeah, get your ass down here. And he's like, not a problem. I'll be there in half an hour. At 3 a.m., he shows up covered in mud. The detectives weren't there, and they just told him to come back in the morning. At 9.15 a.m., Gacy comes in for the interview. He denies everything. They do a background check, and they got a search warrant. While they're doing the search warrant, Gacy's neighbor comes up and is like, hey, what the fuck's going on? And they're like, yeah, you know, I can't tell you anything. And they're like, just so you know, there's an attic and a crawl space. Just random. You know, just so you know, there's an attic and a crawl space in that house. The blueprints don't show it, but it's there. They took some things from the house for evidence. They took his 1978 Chevy pickup, 1979 Oldsmobile Delta 88, his work van, a piece of rug with stains at the bottom, like, you know, it was clean on top, but 
you know, blood sank to the bottom. It was cleaned up or something, but there's always something on the bottom. They took clothing, a pair of yellow underwear, color photos of drugstores, and a dress book. Dozens of books labeled Bike Boy, Pederasty, Sex Between Men and Boys, 21 Abnormal Sex Cases, Tight Teenagers, The American Bicentennial Gay Guide, and seven porn films. Hypodermic Needles and Syringes, Weed, Rolling Papers, Bottles of Pills, Mostly Valium, A Scale, A Switchblade, A Pistol, handcuffs and keys, nylon rope, and the rack. Temporary driver's license of Michael B. Baker, main high school ring with initials J-A-S, driver's license for James O'Toole, receipt from the Neeson Pharmacy for film from Robert's pocket. They found hair in the vehicles, Cadaver dogs hit on the Oldsmobile after giving Robert's clothes for the scent. Asked Robert's mother about the receipt. She said it was most likely his girlfriend's. So they went to the girlfriend. Her name was Kim Bowers. She said that it was indeed hers. Robert gave her his jacket a few days before his abduction and gave the police the serial number and it matched. Police talked to friends, neighbors, and family of John Wayne Gacy. Said he was a very nice guy. They put him under 24-7 surveillance. Gacy claimed that he was harassed. He filed a $750,000 lawsuit claiming loss of reputation, mental anguish, deprivation of liberties, and loss of property. He said he wanted the surveillance to stop immediately. Of course, they weren't going to do that. So, he would do little things. He would drive aimlessly all over town for no reason. Stand there and take pictures of them in their cars. He would walk up and taunt them. He was a cocky-ass motherfucker. Think about how many times he's gotten away with stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, one time, he invites him in. He's like, hey, you want to come in for breakfast? Sure. So, Detective Robert Schultz and his partner come in for breakfast. Schultz used the bathroom, and the heat kicked on. And when the heat kicked on, he smelt decomposition. A very distinct smell if you've smelled it before. Have you ever smelled it before? Yeah. Yeah. That's what the smell was. That was coming. Oh. I got you. Yeah? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Our house was stinking the other day. December 24th, in the middle of the night, Gacy drove to his attorney's office. The police followed him, of course. Um, Gacy started confessing to his lawyer. His lawyer came outside and told the police to not let him leave. He said he is not telling them what Gacy told him. Just please don't let him leave. No, they, they, 
your lawyer is not supposed to disclose information. Exactly. It's, you know, there's a whole lot Confidentiality of and stuff. Unless it is to protect humanity. Right, right. Then they can break that oath. Right. And, you know, if you were suspected of killing multiple people and you went to your lawyer and told them all that and then you said, yeah, I got somebody buried and, you know, undisclosed those cases and they're going to run out of air in a certain amount of time. Right, right, right. Then they have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Obligated. You're right. So, they let him leave and they followed him. Right in front of police, Gacy sells weed to a kid at a service station. They decided not to bust him, just to keep following him around. So, he takes the dog to a neighbor's house and says, Hey, you know, I, he doesn't like to be alone. Can you please keep him? I'm dealing with all this stuff with the police and you know just keep him company so the next morning he goes to his friend's house he said I've been a bad boy and the guy's like hey you know what do you mean and hands him some scotch he said the end is near he's like what's going on John he said they're trying to pin this murder on me and it's all bullshit he tried to press him for more, but he got pissed and walked out. He's like, John, I thought you were going to tell me something. And he walks back inside, closes the door. He said, I killed 30 people, give or take a few. He was like, well, who are these people? And he said, bad people blackmailing me. They were going to blackmail me. They were bad people and started crying. At 10.55, he leaves and goes to Rossi and Cram's home. He tells Rossi, I'm glad you can make it. Come inside. This is the last time you're going to see me. They all go to leave in a car. Gacy goes up to the police car and is like, Hey, David Cram is going to a restaurant. Is that cool? And they're like, Uh, yeah, that's cool. Go ahead. So they go to a restaurant and, you know, they eat. And then they come out and Cram goes up to the police car and is like, hey, John wants to go to the cemetery to say goodbye to his father. And at this point in time, the police have kind of had enough. They've got all they need. And they kind of suspected that he was going to go kill himself at the cemetery. And the police told Cram, you might want to get out of this situation right now because this is about to get really bad. And, you know, he drives them anyway. As soon as they pull out of the parking lot, they get pulled over by the Des Plays Police Department, the Cook County Sheriff's Department, and the state of Illinois. So now at this point, the police want to start doing their job. Absolutely. Well, the neighbor called the police about the confession. And, of course, they arrested him for the pot sale, too. They said, hey, we're going back to the house we're going to start to rip open the floors. Gacy was like, whoa, 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 you don't have to do that. I did kill someone in self-defense. He's buried under the garage. Because remember, there is that one guy under the garage. Yeah, he was going to make him breakfast. Right, right. His first victim. At 10 p.m., the medical examiner, Robert Stein... Which, Robert Stein's a really big medical examiner. Um, he actually aided 
in the Jonestown scene. You know about Jonestown? Um, Jim Jones will do him probably in the future. But he was like a cult leader. That was, um, he was staging a mass suicide. Oh yeah, don't drink the juice. Right, don't drink the Kool-Aid. It was really flavor aid. Kool-Aid got a bad rep. In the crawl space, he only found one old skeleton. So he was like, I can't see what I'm doing. I have to be really careful, you know, pulling this up. So I'm just going to wait till in the morning. That evening, Gacy tells police that he killed 30 people. And he told them about everything. All right, so a tow truck driver comes up there. His name was Bob Kirkpatrick. He shows up and he's like, hey, I showed up at the bridge near the Des Plaines River the other night and to get this guy out of the mud and snow. Turns out that's why he showed up with mud all over him because he got stuck dropping um, Robert Peast over the, over the bridge. And at that point in time, he was officially charged with the murder of Robert Peast. He drew a map and a diagram of his house where the bodies were. Underneath the house, they had to wear hazmat suits when they went in because, of course, the toxins being released from the dead bodies were so dangerous. And remember the high school ring with the J-A-S? Well, that belonged to John Seeks. Um, he arranged the bodies in a spokes on a wheel. And that reminds me of Hannibal. Yeah, the, uh, the grain bin. Yeah. Were they like spokes or was it like a spiral? It was like a, it was a, I forget how they worded it, but it was a color. Color spectrum. wheel. There we go. Color wheel, yeah. Yeah. If y'all haven't seen it, the show Hannibal, it's great. He had a type. All of these boys were young teen boys. They were all on the thinner side, light-haired, and Caucasian. Yeah. Except for uh, Israel Keys. There were 28 bodies under the crawl space. There were four in the river and one under the garage. Two officers were taking out a body in a body bag. The press was so crazy around the place. When they came out, the press told them to go back in and come out again that they weren't ready. And they went back in and did it again. If I was that police officer, I would have probably shot them the bird and kept going. All right, so in Robert's case, there were seven counts. Kidnapping, sexual assaults, indecency to a minor, murder, but there was no body. At that point in time. January 4th, they held a huge church service for the people to mourn for all of the boys that were killed. There were over 300 people there. On January 8th, seven more indictments for murder. That was for Bukovic, Seek, Godsick, Mazera, Johnson, Langdigan, and they were all seeking the death death penalty. I'm surprised it didn't beat all this on off the first body. 
Well, I mean, that was pretty much his defense is that he was four different people, remember? And... Yeah, no, I remember how... No, I'm just saying, like, <clears throat> being in the... the being in the confined space with the, the toxic fumes from the first body made him slowly... Lose his mind? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... That on top of the guilt from actually killing the kids when he was, you know... Yeah, I wish it was something like that. You know, I, I would love not to think that somebody is just that evil. April 10th, 1979, they demolished his house. And people would come and ask for pieces of it, and the, they would just give them pieces of it. Like, people have bricks from John Wayne Gacy's house. I don't know if that would be cool, or if that would be cruel. What would you do with the brick? Frame it? Encase it in, I don't know, plastic? I don't know. I would add it to my collection in here. I have a John Wayne Gacy snow globe. Yeah, it's a little clown. Mm -hmm. With sharp edges for the makeup and a little blues. <laughs> like a perfect target. Gacy couldn't even show up to his hearing because there were so many people and they were afraid that he was going to get killed. So he was held in Cremac Hospital under 24-7 guard watch. In there, he collected news clippings of himself in a folder. He found religion, of course, don't they all? And they actually found out what his heart condition was um, that caused the blackouts. Again, I'm not even going to begin to pronounce it because it would just turn out all wrong, but you can look it up. In April, there was a big windstorm in Chicago. I mean, people died. There was a lot of people injured. Apparently, this windstorm pushed a body out of the Des Plaines River. Pushed it out of a crevice. And so that's how they found the first body, was after the storm. A crane operator found it. It was Robert Peast. The family immediately founded the Robert J. Peast Foundation and they said it's to recognize and support the individuals or organizations or activities committed to help reduce crimes against children. On January 10th, Gacy pled not guilty. He tried to get released on bond and he also tried the insanity defense, which of course he was proven competent to stand trial. During the trial, Gacy was super happy. He only showed fear when they stated that they were going for the death penalty. He turned around and he would smile at the jury and he actually hit on the female sketch artist. In the police interview, this was all like in the trial. So, in the police interview, he bragged, talking about Gregory Godzik. He said, funny, the kid unknowingly dug his own grave. Because he would pay him to, you know, dig 
trenches and do stuff around the house. And he said to the police surveilling his house, one of the officers came up on stand and was like, yeah, Casey just came up to us and said, you know, they were um, talking about him being a clown. And Gacy was like, you know, clowns can get away with murder. And at this point in time, clowns were losing work because of this guy. They're like, yeah, no, I don't want a clown at my kid's party. He's going to be a killer. Yeah, well, I mean, they associated him being a clown with him being a killer, but he never killed anybody. No, as a clown, no. And that's what kills me. Like, he is known as the clown killer. Pogo the clown. But he never killed as a clown. That we know of. He was rated the top 10 in intelligence. Top 10%. I said Robert Donnelly took the stand. He was throwing up and crying. And he just kept yelling, this is hell, this is hell. I couldn't imagine, like, being on trial about something that happened to you like that. Like, that's just, that's got to be hell. That's what I'm saying. Being that guy, like, I don't know what his constitution was like, but I'm the type of person I want an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And yeah. All that shit. Rignall also took the stand. He was throwing up on the stand. Uh, he had to be carried out. Um, the jury deliberated for only two hours. Of course, he was found guilty. When he was on the way out, he smirked and winked at the deputy sheriff. Of course, he was sentenced to death. He had a lot of paintings while incarcerated. He painted a lot. How long between the time he was sentenced and... How long did he spend on death row or whatever? So, he was executed on May 10th of 1994. About 15 years. Which I think that's ridiculous. Why did... There are people that spend 20 years on death row. Why? I mean, I understand, like, okay, if somebody was found guilty and they're actually not guilty and get off a of dead death row that's awesome yeah absolutely but this piece of shit got to live in probably relative comfort yeah getting free food and mm. toiletries and sucking up tax dollars and stuff for 15 years I don't know I'm kind of back and forth with the death penalty to begin with it just depends on the crime I, th I think the punishment should fit the crime yeah, yeah, same. Um, walk into a school full of children and shoot a bunch of people. Yeah, that's... And then I think you should die immediately. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know about die immediately, whoa. Yeah, no, this is but, convicted, yeah. you know, the next day you need to be rolled in, hooked up to the fucking chair, and fricasseed. On July 14th, 1980, a lady named Betty Godliff reconstructed the faces of the unidentified bodies and some became um, identified that way. And then nine brown caskets were donated, yellow mums and daisies in a, in a semicircle outside of Abbey Chapel 
of Oak Ridge Glen Cemetery, there was a service for all nine. They were all they all had their own services. Each one is buried in a separate cemetery with its own full service grave markers that says we remembered. The uh the detective did all of that. He collected the funds, he did everything cuz he didn't want, he said, I didn't want to see you go your final resting places as just numbers. Which I think is, like, that's a detective right there. Like, you cared. November 9th, 2011, William George Bundy, he was 19. He was identified DNA. He was identified with DNA. July 19th, 2017, Jimmy Hackinson, 16 years old. His brother and sister identified him with their DNA. May 10th, 1994, he was 52 years old. John Wayne Gacy was executed at 12.58 a.m. Do you know what his last meal was? 12 deep fried shrimp, a KFC original recipe bucket of chicken, french fries, and one pound of strawberries. And his last words were kiss my ass. A lethal injection? No, they're still using it. Yeah. Was it lethal injection? I don't think so. It doesn't say. My notes don't say. But I don't think they had lethal injection back then. See, the thing about when they first started doing the lethal injection was it was actually excruciating pain, excruciatingly painful. Right. The way they do it now is, you know, they numb you, they put you to sleep, and then they right. stop your heart. Right. But before, it wasn't like that. It was something else. It was, it was one shot, and it tried to do all of that at the same time. Yeah. So hopefully that's the one they got. Yeah. Well, he was executed in Statesville Correctional Center on May 10th, 1994, 12.58 a.m. That's crazy. That was just 27 years ago. And that's all I got. Moral of the story is if the police in that time had just done their fucking job. Yeah. Some lives probably would have got saved. But, yeah. You know. If he was actually fucking convicted of one of the rape charges, which honestly, I, I've I've listened to a lot of cases. Do you know how many years you get for like rape, sexual assault? Depends on what state you're in. Like eight years, and that's like max. That's like eight due to. Like I said, it depends on what state you're in, because I think the state of Georgia actually is like a sodomy is a 20-year sentence. Yeah. Like rated sodomy is, a, is like one of the seven deadly sins. Like you get a life sentence. for Aggravated sodomy is up there with fucking... It's on the same level as like murder. Well, I would fucking hope so, because that's more traumatic than being murdered. You think so? Yeah. Being murdered, you just die. Hmm. 
being sexually assaulted, that it's kind of fucking tragic, and that sits with you forever. No, but I actually came up with this case because we went to Grayface Museum in Savannah. It's Grayface Museum Records and Oddities. And that place was pretty fucking cool. And apparently, he is friends. I'm sorry. The owner of the museum is friends with Gacy's sister, Karen. And Karen was the only family member that was, you know, kind of talking to him at that point. When he was executed. So, when he got executed, she got everything that was in his cell. All the paintings, all the letters. They had a book that was written. Damn it, and I didn't write it down. Um, But there was a book that was written about him. And you know how when you open a book, the first few pages are like blank? Well, he wrote a key on it. And he's like, hey, if this is highlighted in pink, then that means it's true. He said if it's in parentheses in pink, that means that they got it out of a, uh, they got it out of a news story. It's fake news. If it's highlighted in this, then it's definitely not true. I'll post the video of his wife talking about it. It was awesome. Like, just being there and seeing everything. They had Eileen Warnos's panties in a shadow box. Like, the jailhouse panties? Yes. Uh-huh. And they had... No, not the streetwalker panties? No, 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 no. Let's do that. Which, she was kind of butch anyway. I doubt her street walking panties were anything to look at. Um, But they had paintings by Otis Toole and Richard Ramirez and just an insane amount of stuff for Gacy. They have the original Pogo the Clown painting that you see everywhere. And they have... This was the coolest part to me. The coolest part was apparently he would Gacy was also obsessed with Disney. He would do paintings of like the Seven Dwarfs and you know just stuff like that. So he when he got locked up, he was writing back and forth with the illustrator of Disney. So he was like, "Hey, Mr. Editor, you know, just in the middle of conversation, like, they're just writing back and forth for some reason. I don't know how they got connected or what. If they knew each other before, I don't know. 
But they were writing back and forth. He's like, hey, illustrator, can you draw me a picture of two Disney characters on pogo sticks? So he had a picture of Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck hopping around on pogo sticks. On his cell wall by the illustrator of Disney. Like, what? How do you even do that? And they had, like, you know, I mentioned he was a politician. They had some of his pins. They had pictures, family pictures. Um, pictures when he was a kid. I mean, it was just phenomenal how much there was. It was overwhelming. It's not dedicated, John Wayne Gacy. It was like it was primarily all his stuff. Um, no. I, I didn't go that day. I decided to go fishing. Most of it. There was a lot of other stuff. Like there's um, oddities. Like they had a taxidermy of a two-headed pig. A two-headed a two deer. Like baby deer. They had a taxidermy of all these little mice. And it looked like they were in a cult. It was cute and funny. <laughs> um, there was... You know, like they had a mold of the uh, lobster hands. Circus freak guy. Um... They had, I mean, it was just, it was a phenomenal amount of stuff. They had, a bunch, they had a bunch of squirrels playing poker or something? Huh? Uh-uh. Something like that. Uh-uh. They had... Well, that would have been cool, but... <laughs> but they had a lot of, like, voodoo doll heads and pinball machines and haunted dolls in a case and shit. They had... Charles Manson shorts that he had in prison. They had a before or after he found Jesus. Um, who knows? Charles Manson was crazy. I remember reading that uh, he actually, when he was on his deathbed, he gave his life to the Lord. Of course, he did. He didn't kill anybody. He is not a serial killer. I don't care what anybody says. He might have orchestrated it all, but he's not a serial killer. If you don't kill anybody, you're not a serial killer. Sorry, not sorry. And they had original Flavor-Aid packets that were recovered from Jonestown. But that guy was a serial killer? Uh, Jim Jones? Yeah. Uh, he orchestrated a mass suicide. He convinced all these people that it was a good idea to kill himself. Yeah. Death by proxy. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, Jim Jones was. I mean, it's not... I guess. Serial killer. No. Because serial killer is like three or more people and they have to have a uh, break time. They have to have a resting period of some sort. 
Look up the definition of a serial killer. I'm pretty sure it's three or more victims in the same manner. But they have to have a resting period. It's not just boom, boom, boom. If I kill three people right here, right now, I wouldn't be a serial killer. If you killed, if you did three people in the same night? No. I went to one house, then went to another house, and then went to another house. That'd be considered like a spree killing. It wouldn't be a um, serial killer. Oh, and they had a bunch of stuff on Scientology. And um, I'm not... I'm going to eventually do an episode with Ashley about that. Um, Ashley Peppers, Dalton's wife. Which Ashley? I have two Ashley Peppers. Ash Eli. But yeah, so definitely go if you're in Savannah, Georgia. Definitely go. It's called Graveface Museum and, or I'm sorry, it's called Graveface Records and Oddities Museum. It's really cool. You can buy some stuff in there and like a John Wayne Gacy snow globe for $50. Worth the money. You paid fifty dollars. <laughs> Damn it! Busted. No, what are you talking about? I'd be shocked if you had paid five dollars for the fucking. Uh, I liked it. I couldn't find because I was looking for something to go in my office, and I wanted something and nothing compared to that. Sorry. Yeah, everything else in the office is like black and white, dark kind of stuff, and this is all. Colorful and it's a fucking clown, man. It's John Wayne Gacy, though. Uh-oh. It's not John Wayne Gacy, it's Pogo. <clears throat> Alright, so. <laughs> yeah, alright, so we'll talk about this in a little while. Uh, After the recording. Yeah, I gotta go. I'm in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. If you haven't by now, please like my Facebook page, Murder with Friends Podcast. Hit me up on an email, murderwithfriends at yahoo.com. Follow me on Instagram at murderwithfriends. Check out the website, www.murderwithfriendspodcast.com. And I think I'm going to start posting my episodes on YouTube. So don't forget to check that out, Murder with Friends Podcast. And remember, if you're thinking about murder, talk about it with friends. Bye, guys.